Blackstone Audio presents Faceless Killers by Henning Mankell. Chapter 1. He has forgotten something. He knows that for sure when he wakes up. Something he dreamt during the night. Something he ought to remember. He tries to remember, but sleep is like a black hole. A well that reveals nothing of its contents. At least I didn't dream about the bulls, he thinks. Then I would have been hot and sweaty. As if I had suffered through a fever during the night. This time the bulls left me in peace. He lies still in the darkness and listens. His wife's breathing at his side is so faint that he can scarcely hear it. One of these mornings she'll be lying dead beside me and I won't even notice, he thinks. Or maybe it'll be me. Daybreak will reveal that one of us has been left all alone. He checks the clock on the table next to the bed. The hands glow and register 4.45 a.m. Why did I wake up, he asks himself. Usually I sleep till 5.30. I've done that for more than 40 years. Why did I wake now? He listens to the darkness, and suddenly he is wide awake. Something is different. Something has changed. He stretches out one hand tentatively until he touches his wife's face. With his fingertips, he can feel that she's warm. So she's not dead. Neither of them has been left alone, yet. He listens intently to the darkness. A horse, he thinks. She's not neighing. That's why I woke up. Normally the mare whinnies at night. I hear it without waking up, and in my subconscious I know that I can keep on sleeping. Carefully, he gets up from the creaky bed. For forty years they've owned it. It was the only piece of furniture they bought when they got married. It's also the only bed they'll ever have. He can feel his left knee aching as he crosses the wooden floor to the window. I'm old, he thinks. Old and worn out. Every morning when I wake up, I'm surprised all over again that I'm seventy years old. He looks out into the winter night. It's 7 January, 1990, and no snow has fallen in Skirna this winter. The lamp outside the kitchen door casts its glow across the yard, the bare chestnut tree, and the fields beyond. He squints towards the neighboring farm where the Lufgrens live, the long, low white house is dark. The stable in the corner against the farmhouse has a pale yellow lamp above its black door. That's where the mare stands in her stall, and that's where she whinnies uneasily at night when something disturbs her. He listens to the darkness. The bed creaks behind him. What are you doing? mutters his wife. Go back to sleep. I'm just stretching my legs. Is your knee hurting again? No. Then come back to bed. Don't stand there freezing. You'll catch cold. 
he hears her turn over onto her side. Once we loved each other, he thinks, but he shields himself from his own thought. That's too noble a word. Love. It's not for the likes of us. Someone who has been a farmer for more than forty years, who has worked every day, bowed over the heavy, Scanian clay, does not use the word love when he talks about his wife. In our lives, love has always been something totally different. He looks at the neighbor's house, peering, trying to penetrate the darkness of the winter night. Winnie, he thinks, Winnie in your stall so I know that everything's all right, so I can lie down under the quilt for a little while longer. A retired, crippled farmer's day is long and dreary enough as it is. He realizes that he's looking at the kitchen window of the neighbor's house. All these years, he has cast an occasional glance at his neighbor's window. Now, something looks different. Or is it just the darkness that's confusing him? He blinks and counts to twenty to rest his eyes. Then he looks at the window again. And now he's sure that it's open. A window that has always been closed at night is open. And the mare hasn't whinnied at all. The mare hasn't whinnied because Lovgren hasn't taken his usual nightly walk to the stable when his prostate acts up and drives him out of his warm bed. I'm just imagining things, he says to himself. My eyes are cloudy. Everything is as it always is. After all, what could happen here, in the village of Lunarp, just north of Cabe Lake, on the way to beautiful Kragaholm Lake, right in the heart of Skurna? Nothing ever happens here. Time stands still in this village where life flows along like a creek without vigor or intent. The only people who live here are a few old farmers who have sold or leased out their land to someone else. We live here and wait for the inevitable. He looks at the kitchen window once more and thinks that neither Maria nor Johannes Lofgren would fail to close it. With age comes a sense of dread. There are more and more locks, and no one forgets to close a window before nightfall. To grow old is to live in fear. The dread of something menacing that you felt when you were a child returns when you get old. I could get dressed and go out, he thinks. Hobble through the yard with the winter wind in my face up to the fence that separates our properties. I could see close, too, that I'm just imagining things. But he doesn't move. Soon, Johannes will be getting out of bed to make coffee. First, he'll turn on the light in the bathroom, then the light in the kitchen. Everything will be the way it always is. He stands by the window and realizes that he's freezing. He thinks about Maria and Johannes. We've had a marriage with them, too, he thinks, as neighbors and as farmers. We've helped each other, shared the hardships and the bad years. <laughs> but we've shared the good times, too. Together we've celebrated midsummer and eaten Christmas dinner. 
Our children ran back and forth between the two farms as if they belonged to both. And now we're sharing the long, drawn-out years of old age. Without knowing why, he opens the window, carefully, so as not to wake Hannah. He holds on tight to the latch, so that the gusty winter wind won't tear it out of his hand. But the night is completely calm, and he recalls that the weather report on the radio had said nothing about a storm approaching over the Scanian plain. The starry sky is clear, and it is very cold. He is just about to close the window again when he thinks he hears a sound. He listens and turns with his left ear towards the open window. His good ear, not his right, that was damaged by all the time he spent cooped up in stuffy, rumbling tractors. A bird, he thinks? A night bird calling? Suddenly he is afraid. Out of nowhere, fear appears and seizes him. It sounds like somebody shouting, in despair, trying to be heard, a, a voice that knows it has to penetrate thick stone walls to catch the attention of the neighbors. I'm imagining things, he thinks. There's nobody shouting. Who would it be? He shuts the window so hard that it makes a flower pot jump, and Hannah wakes up. What are you doing? she says, and he can hear that she's annoyed. As he replies, he feels sure the terror is real. The mare isn't winning, he says, sitting down on the edge of the bed. And the Lofgren's kitchen window is wide open, and someone is shouting. She sits up in bed. What did you say? He doesn't want to answer.